Hi, I'm Graham Mack, and this is the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts. On this week's show, Piper Terrett from the local lowdown will talk about the joys of homeschooling. Hear from the PR guru, Paul Blanchard, from Media Masters on the importance of PR. Paul Barros from the Humorology podcast will talk about his musical career, including hits he's had with Morris Minor and the Majors, and being in a duo with Ainsley Harriet. And my special guests are Chris Barrow and Lee Milner from the Naked Gaming podcast. Where are you? We are sitting in our living room because this is where the magic happens with the podcast, you see. Oh, yeah. We always record in here. <laughs> yeah. um, although I said to Chris, I said, go grab the halos. We've got these new halo lights. Oh, yeah. And he's forgotten them. So we're just using the sunlight. It's fine. <laughs> At least it's a sunny day today. Happy days. <laughs> exactly. Now, you've got the rare accolade of being the first married couple I've had on the Pod 20 on podcast radio. Still, still married as well. Isn't that still good? Ma- How long has it been? Do you know, it's, it's coming up to our one-year anniversary yeah. uh, in a, about a month or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're really looking forward to that. Uh, but I think given that what a lot of couples have in their first year of marriage, three lockdowns <laughs> is uh, quite, quite yes, good it's going. It's <laughs> yeah. 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 So the relationship's in good shape then? Well, we're still together. No, so. actually, okay. it's actually, on air, we're nice to each other, but really behind oh, the scenes, it's like Fleetwood Mac in here. It's like, mm, can't talk to you until showtime. No, no. It's been, really, it's been, it's been quite an um, unusual year, hasn't it, for everybody? I think, yeah, for even, sure. you know, since since the day we got back from our honeymoon, it was lit straight yeah. into lockdown, wasn't it? Because we came, we came back on, uh, it was March the 5th, like 14th, 15th last year. Yeah, uh, sorry, two years ago now, is it? Was uh, it technically last year? I oh, know because it's 2021. Yeah, anyway, I know what day it is. You're right, uh, uh, Yeah, last year we came back in March, and a week later it was lockdown. So since then the the roller coaster started. So, well, yeah. there are worse things to happen to newlyweds than having to be locked down together. If you know what well, I'm that saying, that could be true. I'm sure. Yes, and actually yeah. we've been playing games a lot, haven't we? It's just yeah. given time to play more games basically and you've been watching orange is the new black at the moment oh my so basically when i watch a series i i like i don't stop it's right. it's continuous you started so three, three, you started three days ago and what season what, three season three <laughs> season three i'm in the shower watching it and then i'm like Get she out, watches it through then, the shower door yeah <laughs> can't even hear it well, at least we know what TV show inspires you. What about podcasts? I want to find out what podcasts mean the most to you in a bit. Chris Barrow and Lee Milner from the Naked Gaming Podcast. This is the Pod 20, heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com and around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, Get Sleepy. Relax and fall asleep with Get Sleepy's unique combination of sleep meditation, followed by a calming story that lets you drift off to a peaceful slumber. 19. Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Ed and James invite special guests into their magical restaurant to choose their favourite starter, main course, side dish, dessert and drink. At 18. Manx on the mic. Brotherly banter from the Thomas Brothers who don't always agree on everything. 17. Media Masters with the PR guru, Paul Blanchard. Paul, how important is PR? Well, I, I mean, it, it, 
this is there's 47 different ways to answer that really but I, I would say i came at pr because i couldn't afford to advertise but now i come at it as a kind of um you know reputation management point of view and it also depends on what stage of the, the, you know the the business and you know, your career you're at so if you're in the sort of takeoff phase of your career then you need to turn up to the opening of an envelope and you need to be chasing mentions and publicity and uh, sort of working you out the ladder but you know we work with a lot of people who are very near the top of the ladder or or at the top and then you can you have to pick and choose because I think there's nothing worse than someone at that level that will still do anything large or small really you've got to try to think of how it comes across so for me it's PR now is more about it's not necessarily about chasing column inches or chasing appearances it's more deciding what how you want to come across and how much you know what you want to reflect and part of that is the outward manifestation of what you actually want to do with yourself you know why are you hiring someone like me is it to grow your business is it to run alongside your traditional corporate PR and get your speaking opportunities you know to to help you commercially to take your career to the next level because I mean we work with plenty of people who've, who've made so much money they don't they're not interested in making more money anymore now it's more about giving it away and it's about philanthropy and leaving a legacy and um you know they, they again they they care more about impact rather than uh that kind of thing so i would say it's fewer but better quality mentions and sort of really doing a deep dive on on whose radar do you want to be and how do you want to come across and how much of yourself do you want to give as well i think a that's another question that as you raise your head above the parapet, if you're genuinely a change maker and you're going to start to say controversial things to challenge the status quo, and it could be an industry, it could be government, it could be anything really, but that's going to that's going to threaten someone. Someone's not going to like that, and you have to decide whether you can take the brick back. So there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole lot of thinking that I do with my clients before we've even set off really on the journey to sort of really deep dive, define what success actually looks like. Um, so that we can then orient all of our energies around that. And I, I always find that most PR campaigns, because you know, we I sit on the our side of the um the, the conference desk with my clients. So I sit on the same side as them when they're we're talking to other PR agencies and they they just want the retainer. And I think a lot of you know a lot of agencies in that kind of retainer consultancy arrangement, they they will sign up to do campaigns that they know won't work really, but the failure event, as I would call it, might be seven or eight months away. Yeah. So but they think, well, I'll get seven or eight months worth of retainer in the meantime. And I, and I think lo- so many campaigns fail right at the very first meeting because they're trying to achieve something that's unsustainable or or they've got an ambitious goal, but they're going about it the wrong way. And I would rather sort of really slow that meeting down and, you know, get everyone on the same page and it'd be real because then it can, it just saves you wasting time later on. Yeah. That's Paul Blanchard. The podcast is called Media Masters. It's at number 17 this week on the pod 20. At 16, Imposable with Logan Paul, the world's most thought-provoking, mentally stimulating podcast in the history of mankind, hosted by a bunch of idiots. At number 15, And That's Why We Drink, chilling ghost stories and terrifying true crime stories, the world's a scary place, and that's why we drink. 14, The Mindset Mentor with Rob Dial, the podcast for you if you need motivation, direction, and focus in life. 13. Naked Gaming, the podcast from the married couple Chris Barrow and Lee Milner. What podcasts inspire you? Uh, comedy for me. Comedy has always been the way. I started with Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington and Stephen Merchant with their kind of original ex 
Radio, what was it called then? It was XFM, XFM. then. Now, XFM. Yeah. now it's Radio X, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. XFM podcast. Uh, and also the Russell Brand Show on Six Music and then when it went to Radio 2. Uh, I know it's, that's not technically a podcast, but I followed it as, you know, as a religious kind of mm. podcast experience. So that for me was just... What's a, the one that I always listen to? The the the, married, the other married oh, couple? You, she she likes it. the one with the other married couple. I think it's Rosie and... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Shouts married, annoyed. Shouts yeah, married, annoyed. Really yeah, which is always like top that. five on the pod twenty. Always top five. Yeah, we yeah. were thinking, oh, you know, we're a married couple. We could like do a mar- marry, marry off kind of thing. We were thinking about doing something like that. It's still in the, still in this kind yeah, of, yeah. still might happen. To it's be a honest. good podcast. That I think it's got to be comedy, hasn't it? I mean, comedy for me. That's yeah. the, that's the thing that kind of makes you switch off. I am looking for new podcasts though, about um, dance music at the moment. Yeah, dance you, music. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a huge fan of like Ibiza rave. There's not that many. I've but... been to Ibiza four times. I love house music, and I do. I just started DJing in the spare bedroom, and I've got this. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's really cool setup. You want to show him it, don't you? Yeah, So I'm actually looking for podcasts on on house music and any like recommendations that would be. And is the plan to go gigging? Oh well, when, when we can, yeah, defo. I'm a massive gigger. I love going to all. all no, as a, as a DJ though, to, to oh, gig me? as a DJ. Well, I mean, a bit of practice first, but yeah, sure. It, first gig will be in the back garden. Right. To me, yeah. I don't think the gig in the black garden in the back garden. I don't think that's going to get your blue tick. Oh, well, it might if I live stream it. You wait. You wait till you hear it. It'll be amazing. Okay, because you. I mean, uh, Lee, you got national press and still don't have a blue tick on Twitter. I with know. The, what with the, with the ca- catching the bloke watching, what was oh, all that about? Just, just give us oh, that story because that was a big. That was not that long ago, December, wasn't it? So we were we went out for a walk, didn't we? We went to one of our local parks. We live in um, in Epping Forest, and we're surrounded by forest, which is beautiful. Yeah, and we're very grateful during lockdown to have it. Yeah, um, 100%. So we went for a walk, didn't we? I was driving because uh, I saw one of the comment was, "Oh, you're driving and filming me," and it's like obviously not as no, a BBC. No, no. Like we, was, we anyway. stopped at the traffic lights, and I just kind of like dazing off, and then this this guy was just watching EastEnders on his phone. Prop, I mean, not just like trying to hide no, it; like he had it on the dashboard, just having a little bit of a watch. And I was like, "What?" And then I said, "Oh, he must put it away when we start going." And then he didn't. As we're kind of driving off, he's still watching EastEnders. So yeah, the journalist in me kind of snapped yeah. him, which I didn't mean to get him in trouble, but I was just like, "Come on." Someone, someone could get really hurt, and then all of a sudden, I had loads of requests from the sun and everybody, and I was like, yeah. "Sorry." They it took went, it. It went big, didn't it? It went. Did it, did well, it surprise you how big it went? The the funny thing was that they said to Lee, "Can we please have permission to use your video?" And she said, "No, no, you, no, you cannot have permission." to And use then they still video. used it anyway. And they still used it anyway. <laughs> You've at least got paid for it. Had you, had you put it on YouTube or something? Was it out there anyway? Uh, just, I put just, it on Twitter. Twitter. Just Twitter. Yeah. Oh, tw- I see. I wonder if that's if once it's out there, it's out there, yeah. and they go. Maybe, maybe it's okay. I mean, we could have probably got. I mean, what you know. I should have negotiated a price, man. <laughs> I just said, pay me two hundred pounds, and you can have it. Like, no, but I, I do all this hard work, you see, Graham, and then that—that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It seems to me, Chris, you were the one driving, but you didn't get the the publicity from that, though. It was all Lee. Uh, I've got enough with my blue tick, to be honest. So I just trying oh to. Oh my god! Just trying to. We're going to be throughout the whole entire interview. You're just trying to share the love. What? Yeah. Well, that's that's, no. that's why you're in a successful marriage, my friend. That's, that's, <laughs> that's fine. I'm following you now, anyway. It's fine. Oh, now you have. Oh, okay. So you, have, you see, you see the competitiveness between us. 
This is what it's like all the time. It's kind of scary, actually, Lee. <laughs> it's uh, Naked Gaming. The podcast is at number 13. And coming up, I want to find out why it's called Naked Gaming. At number 12, Into the Grey Zone from Sky News. What do assassinations, cyber hacks and disinformation have in common? They're all weapons used by states against each other in a grey zone of harm. The Sky News journalist Deborah Haynes explores the invisible battlefield where anything can be used as a weapon and anyone can be a target. Into the Grey Zone, number 12 this week on the Pod 20. At 11, it's lore. Dark historical tales of mysterious creatures, tragic events and unusual places that fill the pages of history. Sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. At number 10, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. And at number nine, the Humorology Podcast with Paul Barros. Paul, you do so many things. We've seen you as the Pitch Doctor on TV. You're a musician with hit records, a comedian, keynote speaker, psychologist. How would you describe yourself? Um, somebody who who gets bored quite easily. <laughs> no, uh, no, not really true. I, I just, I actually love people. So I love every element of actually connecting with people. So I suppose really a connector is it um i started off in comedy and music as you say um um back in the days uh, i played the comedy store for over 10 years both as my band morris minor and the majors who uh, uh some people might have heard of with if, tony uh, hawks yeah Stutter with around. tony hawks yeah and philip judge uh, we were actually britain's answer to the beastie boys um <laughs> Where, where you know, the Beastie Boys used to go in and break up hotel rooms. Well, we went in afterwards and cleaned them up, basically. <laughs> right. Uh, and then uh, I did a double act with Ainsley Harriet, who you might have heard of, um, called the Calypso Twins. For your listeners, I was the tall black one. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, cheap gags already. That's okay. Um, but but Ainsley and I are still best mates and we live round the corner from each other. And uh, we had uh, a hit record as well with World Party. And then even recently, um, Ainsley did Ainsley's Caribbean Kitchen and we released a single um, last year to coincide with that um, called Kitchen Calypso, which got... Six Radio One plays, which was unbelievable for us, to be honest with you, and and uh, uh, created a bit of a stir. Yes, it did. And whatever happened to that fella, Ainsley Harriet? I heard he was working in a kitchen. The Humorology Podcast is at number nine this week. At number eight, Jules and Jim's Joyride. Jules Holland and Jim Muir invite guests to put on their seatbelt and take to the road as they chatter with friends about transport, travel, trips and tittle-tattle. Their latest guest is Jules Holland's former bandmate from Squeeze, Chris Difford. Number seven, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, the co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number six, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to sort that out. Let's check in with my special guest pod stars this week. It's Chris Barrow and Lee Milner from Naked Gaming. You're a married couple. 
and you don't do the gaming naked. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're also, you're involved, Chris, with Naked Scientist. Is, what's the connection yeah. there? So, so basically, The Naked Scientist is the kind of uh, one of the earliest podcasts, actually. We're talking like 12, 13 years ago, maybe 14 years ago even. Uh, Dr. Chris Smith, who is The Naked Scientist, kind of took the name after uh, Jamie Oliver's The Naked Chef. So that's kind of the origins of the name. Um, and he started to branch out into lots of different directions. So, he, you know, there's like um, an astronomy side, there's a biology side, there's oh. a chemistry. So there's lots of different strands, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> of the naked scientist. And he wanted to do a gaming one. And I said to him, I absolutely love gaming. It's, you know, I've been gaming since the age of yeah. three and, and you're a huge yes, gamer as yeah. well. Uh, so he's kind of. Came Although you didn't pick me to do it in the beginning, it was fine. No, Lee wasn't the original right. co-host of the uh, Naked Gaming right. podcast. You knew Lee you at that time as well? Uh, oh, and, yeah. and we were together oh, at that yeah. time as well, yeah, because the podcast is two and a half years old. I exactly, Graham, exactly. I, I checked, <laughs> I um, so what happened was uh, Dr. Chris wanted uh, one of his fellow science scientists to do it with me, uh, a brilliant girl called Georgia Mills, and she did a couple of episodes, and then it just so happened that she uh, went on to to get another job, basically, because she's so she's brilliant. Um, and I knew I was looking around for a co-host, and I looked at Lee, and I went, "Yeah, no." So I got my <laughs> I got my friend Alex yeah, Rose, Alex Rose, to do a couple of episodes with us. Uh, that's episode three and four, uh, and then Lee kind of nudged me a bit more, and then I actually realised that she knew huge amounts. Of I nudged you. You nudged me when you literally couldn't get anybody else. So you were like, can you do it? I'm like, oh, okay. But actually, <laughs> Lee, Lee's a you know, professional TV newsreader. So she does the gaming news uh, yes. and knows a huge amount about gaming. So it was the best decision I ever took four months to make. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that has all worked out then. You're still yeah, not, exactly. it's not like Lee's sitting in until you find this co-host that you're no, looking for. I can confirm exclusively, Graham, to you now and to podcast radio and to everybody that Lee is the official co-host of the Naked Fantastic. Oh, it's on my Twitter, so there you go. Oh, now it must it's be true. When it's verified, it will be. <laughs> now, for anyone that's not heard it, and I must admit that like, I'm not a gamer, but when I came to the podcast first, I thought, I'm not a gamer. What am I going to get out of this? But yeah. it is great. What oh, what, what was the what was the um, the thinking behind it? Do do you originally think well this is for gamers and we'll see if anyone else likes it, or did you go into no. it thinking we'll just make a great podcast that happens to be yeah. about gaming? I think I think it, it actually we thought let's make it for non gamers yeah. who might be just thinking gaming gaming's in the news all the time at the moment. There's so much about it, and people might be going. God, you know, maybe my kids play Fortnite, and I don't know anything about Fortnite. Or it just, just how can we get people who are sort of wondering about gaming to be interested in it? And we thought the entertainment had to come almost ahead of anything else. Yeah. So it's like, it's like entertainment first, and then we have kind of gaming news, but we cut it right back. I think don't we? what 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 works is that kind of Chris, you're more of a you are more of a geek. Oh, I'm a, like a hardcore gamer. Like I play games for he, like twenty he hours. He is a hardcore gamer. Yeah. Now I I'm like the kind of I am the audience, basically, because yeah. I've grown up with gaming. So, you know, from the age of six, I got my first console. Um, I had the Sega. I had the PlayStation. I, I, I do. I love a game. I've had them all. And I really, really love gaming. But I'm not like an absolute kind of geek who is com committed to it. I can I can pick up a game and then drop it, whereas yeah. you've got to kind of look at everything in, in detail. And I think that's what helps because – when Chris knows so much about the game and the gaming industry, I can give a different perspective that probably the audience is actually thinking and, and asking the same well, sort so of you, questions. Well, so you ask the question 
because I try it, you know, you obviously try as hard as you can to, to keep it. You don't want to put in any unusual terms. Like once you start saying FPS, even that first person shooter, you've got to yeah, really okay. say. So if yeah. I said first person shooter, you might go, OK, but someone who hadn't even heard that, you'd have to say. So that's games like Call of Duty and shooters or so, platformers or, you know if like explaining what a platformer is you've got to give examples of it but lee kind of makes me do it and i think that's i think you've got to nowadays because i think for so many like decades gaming's been you know pigeonholed into this sort of category that unless you're a nerd or a geek mm. or whatever or you're you know sitting in your bedroom yeah. then you, you don't know anything about gaming when actually gaming's for everybody whether you pick up a game boy or you just like a bit of playing on the playstation yeah. you don't have to be dedicated to it you, you might just like gaming you know yeah for sure so. and it seems that you complement each other because chris from from my hearing it you wow. seem to like the 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 latest games yeah. but lee yeah. you're more of a fan of the retro, retro. kind of game. massive i think yeah. it's because um yeah I, I love all the retro games i love simple kind of they're called platform platform platformer games um Things that just kind of take, when you've had a busy day at work, I like just to come home and just to kind of switch off. And it's just an alternative to watching a movie for me. Yeah. Whereas you will, will buy a brand new game and be like, right, yeah. leave me alone, lock the doors, get a pizza. I am going to finish this game. Well, I'm a, I, would, I would call myself like a completionist. So if I start playing The Witcher 3, I want to get my money's worth i want to play 60 hours worth of the story i want to find every little side thing you know i really want to play the game and experience it fully um but that you wouldn't that you, no. play, you played that game but you just play it for like a couple of hours and then you it's the cut scenes as well oh she always get right you know what a cut scene is it's like it's like the films in games like so you know when you start a game and there's a sort of set up move movies they're like, like movies as well they're yeah. really, right. really okay good. yeah and yeah. i'll watch some of them in some games are like 20 minutes long? Too long. So you're sitting there going, when do I get to when do I get to play this I basically thing? just keep pressing X and keep like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I skip it all. And Chris is having a meltdown in the background going, they've, they've literally spent most of their money on this part of the game and you're there's, literally skipping right, it. Right, so there's, there's a game called The Last of Us 2, which made lots, lots of news headlines. Uh, it's probably the biggest game of last year, okay? Uh, they spent millions of pounds making... People, make them too long then. No, they make people wear the little bubbles. You've seen those things where people wear bubbles like this and they capture their movements and their oh, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they get they spend millions of pounds doing these things. Well, they wasted millions of pounds. She just press, skips it. Because it's too long. I've got, I've got stuff to do. I can't. I just want to kill some bad guys. I can't be doing that. You get the stress out. Oh, it stresses me out when you do that. <laughs> Naked Gaming is at number 13 this week. And on the countdown, we've reached number five, which is... Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. Number four, Shagged, Married, Annoyed. The only way Rosie and Chris Ramsey can have a conversation without being interrupted by a toddler or ending up staring at their phones is by doing a podcast. Number three, The Local Lowdown, hosted by Piper Terrett. Piper, are you enjoying lockdown? No, I'm not enjoying lockdown. What's wrong with all. lockdown? Homeschooling I mean, is the main I, I, problem. I mean, the, the the worst problem about the pandemic is the over one hundred thousand people dying. Well, and all that the is sick yes. people. That that's hard to beat. That's, that's pretty, pretty bad. horrible thing. And kind that of everything else horrible. seems trivial when you say you know homeschool. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it can't be. Yeah. So we need to. Apart from the over one hundred thousand people who have died, 
the Black Death. And what's, yes, what, what's so bad about homeschooling? Spending more time with the child who you love and adore, the apple of your eye, spending quality time with them, not worrying about what kind of crazy socialist ideas that the teachers are going to be putting into their heads, not having to worry about any of that, or the the. the the artificial fears that if there's one flake of snow, they close the school in case all the children die. When in actual fact, I all the children go to the school. nearest hill and slide down it at 400 miles an hour tobogganing. It's more, it's more dangerous to close the school. You have, don't have any worries of school. You don't have all the worries of the uniform and taking the, ter- the correct kit and the right <laughs> lunch money and all the other things, all the drama that must go along with ta- sending a kid to school. You've got it all self-contained and fully controlled. What's not to like? Um, well, I think I think our homeschool needs to go and just be put into special measures, quite frankly. <laughs> it may be even be closed down tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, it's at, oh, Graham, if you spent, you know, sort of 24 hours a day with a five year old, um, a very, very bouncy five year old that you're not really supposed to take out anywhere in, in February, it's awful. And then you've got all this. Um, so I've got all this pent up energy. He just bounces off the walls and the sofas all day long. Um, you can't get any work done because you look, you know, my husband has, has got the proper job. So he's upstairs working away where I am now, actually. This is where the magic happens. Okay. This is where the money, the real money is made. This is the engine room. Yeah. This is the engine room. <laughs> it is. Yeah. This is the engine room. Uh, he gets to shut the door and, and uh, get on with work. I'm downstairs attempting to do some stuff when Stellan is, is distracted. And then we have... Last year, when we were on lockdown, he was in nursery, so things um, school wasn't compulsory. Plus, they were a bit more lackadaisical about, you know, well, here's some stuff, but don't worry about it too much. This year, because Ofsted's breathing down all the schools next, it, you have a whole full uh, list of stuff to do every day, and everybody panics about it because you can't get them to sit down and do any of it. <laughs> That's the problem. So they send you a syllabus kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically what they're teaching the key worker kids at school. Um, so it might start off with Joe Wicks. I'm dressed to do Joe Wicks in a little bit. Right. Um, that's not so bad because that's quite fun. But then um, they have a Zoom call, half past nine. With a teacher? With, with a teacher, yeah. Yeah, with, with, with our, our teacher, Mr. Price. And um, they, they all sit there and, 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 you know, have to do phonics and they go – here is my knickers or something, you know, oh, look, there's my, or suddenly I go, look, here's my dog. Well, they go, yes, yes. Spell out, you know, P U G or whatever. Um, so I have that. And then we have things like math lessons and we have to do uh, all kinds of different things with them. And it's, um, it's really hard. And then you're supposed to upload the work so the teacher can see it. And, uh, and all the, the mums, mums particularly, because it's falling mainly on the mums. They all get very stressed yeah. because some of them have got full-time jobs and they're trying to do that and teach at kids home. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more home. than one child, a different, you know, one might be at secondary school, one might be at primary school. And But do you get the do oh. you get the bonuses that teachers get? Do you get to knock off at three o'clock and 10 weeks holiday and all that? Do you get all that? No. Well, no, no, we don't. We, we, we maybe knock off at three, but then that's when you actually try and start doing some work. <laughs> right. And of course, then you've got a oh, house to run as well. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. The house is just a nightmare. I don't even go there. It's just, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't see. Why don't they just vaccinate the teachers? 
This is what they need to do. They really need to, yeah. It's the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and we're into the top two. At number two, Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. Alan is giving Judith Chalmers and Michael Palin a run for their money as he invites a famous guest each week to discuss their favourite places in the world. And straight in at number one... Teach me a lesson with Greg James and Bella Mackey. Greg and Bella learn a fascinating and fun lesson from one of Britain's most inspiring teachers. That's it for episode 42 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Chris Barrow, Lee Milner, Paul Barros, Paul Blanchard and Piper Terrett. Next week, my special guest is Emily Strasser. She'll be on to talk about her podcast... The bomb. I have a vivid childhood memory of visiting my grandmother's house near Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Above the bed where I slept hung a photo of my grandfather standing in front of a mushroom cloud. I'd stare at his image on my grandmother's wall for hours. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. I never met my grandfather. He died before I was born. But now I know what he did. Now I know what he helped to create. Last night's target for the first atomic bomb was the city of Hiroshima on the shores of the inland sea west of Kobe. My grandfather worked on the bomb that dropped on the city of Hiroshima 75 years ago. As I've grown older, I've tried to make sense of my grandfather's choices. I've tried to make sense of what he was involved with. And I'm still trying to make sense of what humanity unleashed when it dropped that bomb. The only uh, description that I can come up with reminds me of years gone by when they used to pave the streets with tar and That's exactly what the city of Hiroshima looked like. To understand, I've gone back to the beginning, back before Hiroshima and Nagasaki, before my grandfather got involved at Oak Ridge. And it led me to a fascinating guy, all but forgotten by history. Leo Szilard. Szilard. Szilard was just a hugely curious person. Leo Szilard. Szilard conceives the idea of a nuclear chain reaction. He's way ahead of, of a lot of people who didn't foresee the threat to the world community, the future of civilization that was unleashed. Szilard had a kind of allergy to authority figures. This man was the first to realize the potential of the nuclear chain reaction, the first to realize its destructive power. And having worked to unleash its potential, he then wanted more than anything to stop it. Was the bomb inevitable? Could somebody have stopped it? My name is Emily Strasser, and this is The Bomb from the BBC World Service. Emily Strasser, my special guest next week on The Pod 20.
And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Greg James and Bella Mackey still be at the top of the chart? Will your favourite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.